Apparently, if Barbie were an actual woman, she'd have a 39-inch bust, a 16-inch waist, and 33-inch hips. What's wrong with a woman wanting to get rid of a few ribs? What's your issue? <laughs> the issue is, Carole, that apparently people have worked out that she would only have room in her body for half a liver. You never need the whole thing anyway, though. I mean, many people have less than half a liver. Smashing Security, Episode 270, Bearded Barbie, EDR Scams, and Hobbyist Crime Detectives, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 270. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. And this week, Carol, we're joined by family favourite, it's... Who else could it be? It's Maria Vermarsis. Yay! Family favorite. Hi! (laughs) Not the returning family favorite. Back on the pod again. Hi, everybody. So, Maria, anything you want to talk about? Oh, no, we want to keep it for your pick of the week. Teaser. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely your pick of the week. Well, maybe we can just crack on then. Yeah, why not? Let's just skip straight to pick of the week. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of it nobody cares about. Yeah. I'll thank this week's sponsors anyway, Collide and Keeper Security. It's their generous support that help us give you this show for free. Now, coming up on today's show, Graham, what do you got? I'm going to be talking about Bearded Barbie. Ooh, I like that. Okay, Maria, what about you? The newest, hottest way to get your PII breach that you've never even heard of. Ooh, and I'm going to do a sort of DNA dragnet. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Now, chums, chums, do you remember in the 1960s, 1970s, when we were children, when we were growing Uh, up, (laughs) that you would play with Action Man? I think in North America, he was called G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah, G.I. Joe's, yeah. A lot of kids in the 80s had those too, though. G.I. Joe. I used to have a million-dollar man, Steve Austin, the Barnick Man, in his red tracksuit with his Barnick eye and his – I think he had two Barnick legs, didn't he? Because if he only had one, he'd be running around in circles. Wait, did he have normal arms, though? Well, no, he, I, I, he definitely had a bionic arm as well. I'm right. pretty sure of that. <laughs> we have the technology. We yeah, can yeah. rebuild him, all that. Well, of course, girls, girls. Um, <laughs> Women. They had, their, they had their own dolly, didn't they? They had Barbie, who apparently celebrated her 63rd birthday last month. Uh, full name, Barbara Millicent Roberts. She is looking fabulous. Is she? Her 63. The arches of her feet must be killing her uh, in those heels all the time. Well, I'm going to be doing a bit of body shaming when it comes to Barbie in a moment. Um, wow. Because... All right. You're about to get cancelled. Good luck, Graham. <laughs> yeah, Marie and I are going to eat popcorn. We're not going to do that. <laughs> I'm sitting back and watching this. Barbie, of course, famous for her on-off boyfriend, Ken. Yes. My niece is obsessed with them getting married and divorced. Oh, well, well, yes. This is what I was reading on Wikipedia. They split up in 2004. <gasps> and it was yeah. only when Ken had a makeover in 2006 that they rekindled their relationship. <laughs> she was like, hello, bonjour, Ken. <laughs> Loving the plastic surgery, dude. Now. Literally. <laughs> let's talk about Barbie and her boobs and all the rest of it. What? Why? Apparently. <laughs> If Barbie were an actual woman, she'd be five foot nine inches tall, which is, you know, all right, quite tall, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's right. She'd have a 39-inch bust, a 16-inch waist, and 33-inch mm-hmm. hips. What's wrong with a woman wanting to get rid of a few ribs? 
<laughs> she sounds just like me. I mean, you know, what's your issue? That's that's exact. Those are exactly my measurements. The issue is, Carol, that apparently uh, people mm. have worked out that she would only have room in her body for half a liver. She never need the whole thing anyway, though. I mean, many people have less than half a liver. If only she weren't made of plastic. Mm. She'd yeah. have a BMI of 16.24, which would make her anorexic. She's got children's Poor athlete. feet, yeah. size three. And, yeah, yeah. and she has such top-heavy weight distribution, it would be impossible for her to walk normally. Apparently, she would have to walk on all fours. <laughs> I suspect she also has ginormous eyes as well that probably take up brain space. Were she human? Yes, quite large yeah. eyes. But yeah. what's particularly weird is her neck. It is twice as long as a normal woman's neck and th much thinner. And it, it's been calculated that the chances of finding a single woman with the same naturally tall and thin neck like Barbie is one in 4.3 billion Okay, well, there's at least one on the planet. There's then, one right? on the planet. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, like where we were on six million, six billion, something like that. <laughs> Funny. Um, my art has a lot of long, skinny-necked women. I wonder if it's Barbie that did that to me. Oh, fascinating. And um, what impact might you be having on fans of your art, people who go to crawl.wtf, and may begin to get some sort of body dysmorphia from thinking, why aren't I as gangly as Carol's art? Just in the neck department. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you might be asking yourselves, why is Graham talking about Barbie? I am actively asking myself this entire segment. What are we talking <laughs> Ten minutes in, we still don't <laughs> have a clue. Like, what? What? Okay. Yep. It's because security researchers are now warning us about Barbie, or specifically, bearded Barbie. You know, fancy that. You know, it's no way to talk about Ken, is it? Barbie having a beard. Anyway, researchers at Cyber Reason say that what, what? a- Whoa, whoa. What? <laughs> what? Did you just make a vagina joke? No, that no. wasn't a, No, that's not what a beard is, girl. You know what a beard is, girl, right? No. <laughs> really? <laughs> Tell me. I don't know. Oh, Graham, do you want to be the one to explain this? When? I, 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 yeah, oh. go ahead. <laughs> Our listeners can look it up for themselves. I don't know. No, I want to know. <laughs> a beard, mm. a beard. So if you are of a homosexual persuasion... And you don't want other people knowing you're homosexual. Perhaps because you are closeted, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, you know, perhaps for whatever reason, you didn't want your parents to know or whatever, you sure, might have okay. a beard, which is a person of the opposite sex who hangs out with you and pretends to be your partner. Is this right, uh, Maria? Yes. Have I got this right? Yep, yep. So basically fool the parents. Yeah, it was like you have a bestie. And and when needed for like a school dance or when mom and dad are not sure of your persuasion, you bring Bestie home and you pretend Bestie is your girlfriend. Uh, um, right. Yeah. And that's your beard. Yeah. Okay. I'm amazed you didn't know this one. Today I learned. Really? Oh, wow. All They're right. very innocent north of the border, Maria. Aren't we just? <laughs> anyway, researchers at Cyber Reason, <laughs> they say that a Hamas-backed hacking group known as APTC23 or sometimes mm. also known as mole rats. They mm. say they've been catfishing targets in Israel. Do you think that was their address? Apartment C, 23. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we've given it away. <laughs> Go find apartment C, 23 and bust that door down. <laughs> Flash okay. grenades, boom. Well, the gang have been targeting Israelis who work in defense, law enforcement, government agencies through fake Facebook profiles. According to the report, 
stolen images or AI-generated images of young, attractive women have been created by the hackers as Facebook profiles engineered to appeal to Israel's government police and emergency services. What? what, what? So what? Like yes. cops are going, ooh, I'm looking for some hot women on Facebook because that's important. They're a little bit more proactive than that. They're not just creating the, the profiles and waiting for someone to, to stumble across them. Right, okay. The profiles are actually actively maintained, not just with pictures of young, pulchritudinous, glossy, long-haired, lip-glistening. Hold back up, Hulk, back up, Hulk, back up. What? All right. <laughs> what the heck was that? Why are you showing off? How many times did you practice for dancing that Hulk before you got on the show? Pulchritudinous. Pulchritudinous. I'm not good right. <laughs> Anyway, so... so you know, these are women who they're looking very glamorous, right? They've got they've probably got their own livers. They don't walk on all fours, and who they're walks looking on all hot. Fours? Barbie does. Barbie. Some does. people like that curl, <sighs> and then they have a little leash and maybe a little puppy mask. Or you don't know about these guys either. Okay, okay. I'm from the north. Okay, <laughs> but the hackers don't just set up a bunch of fake profiles. As I was trying to explain yeah, to Carol. Okay. They actively maintain them, constantly interacting with many Israeli people, slowly gaining trust. They've been operated for months, appearing more authentic all the time. They join popular Israeli groups. They write posts in Hebrew. They're adding friends of their potential victims as friends of theirs on Facebook. So they look like they're hot, real people. And and do they kind of go, ooh, I've just seen the new police stats. Interesting. You know, <laughs> to try and get, like, how are they targeting these particular groups? They're hot, available young singles in your area. Yeah, and they're going to pop up as potential friends because they're already made friends with your friends. And then maybe you message them and say, hey, like the uniform. Exactly. I was going to say, isn't there a uniform dating app? How, how would there not be if yeah. there's FarmersOnly.com? Exactly. Yeah, nice truncheon. You know, all that. <laughs> and so... As an American, I don't know what a truncheon is. I'll have to guess. Is that a gun? <laughs> Graham, can you explain? <laughs> a truncheon? Oh, no, you wouldn't have one of those in America, would you? No, we, we just kill people. You just... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shouldn't laugh. We just have a truncheon and a trusty whistle to stop the criminal in this track. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> stop, I say. Would you mind? <laughs> anyway... Uh, after gaining their target's trust, the fake account, you know, after a while, after a bit of chit-chat, you know, after a bit of this and that, and they say, hey, maybe we could have a more private conversation. In Hebrew, presumably. Why don't you join me on WhatsApp? But yeah. And now they know your mobile number because you say, oh, yeah, okay, let's uh, let's have a more discreet conversation. And as, as the conversation gets saucier and saucier, the suggestion is made that, well, maybe we should use a safer and more discreet messaging app like that oh there's one on android they say like wink chat let's use wink chat and bam hmm. you've installed wink chat and oh dear oh dear oh dear because this in fact is the volatile venom malware who comes up with these names i've never heard of wink chat so this is like an app just made for this or like if you go and research it, it exists well they use a variety of disguises so some of these may be legitimate apps and others may be a case of go to a third-party website and download it from an unapproved source because right. we want and then to be, it's just a bit changed. Yeah, we want to be really private. Mm -hmm. And once <laughs> so revolting, I heard that way too loud in my ears. And oh, okay, all right, you bring this out in him. I don't know what to say. 
that's talking that's about truncheons and <laughs> God knows what's going on. Uh, yeah. Ooh, I'm blushing. So once they've installed this piece of malware, your poor target, what's going to happen to them? Well, they're going to have their SMS messages read and stolen. The bad guys can take over the camera. They can steal files from the device, images, record audio, get into your social networks, every, basically everything. Cause all kinds of. How do they have such low level access? Because you've because you've allowed it. Because you're so hot and horny, Carol, to have your safe, discreet chat with this pulchritudinous woman. Again, you with have, the word, <laughs> you have. It's a revolting. You've approved it to have access to absolutely everything. Um. And away you go. And this is what's happening. And in some cases, the hackers may even say, "Oh, I've got a." I've got a hot video of myself. Um, maybe I can share that with you. And they send you a raw file and you may think, oh, how am I going to open this on my phone? I'll forward it to my Windows computer and un- unarchive it there. And There's boom. so many red flags that have not gone up at yeah. this point. Yes, but, yeah. but Maria. It's because of the truncheons. It's because of the truncheons. It's because of the truncheon. The truncheon gets in the way of thinking. I understand. You it two, is a known phenomenon. You two may have a large amount of self-restraint, but if you were working for Israeli law enforcement or defense or the government or something like that, remember, these women are very pulchritudinous, right? They are, All right. Where's the bell? They're not... <laughs> That, the you know, it's, bell. There's going to come Have a point. Have heard the expression "beating a dead horse"? Oh, let's, like, let's keep it clean, please. That's the thing you see, because you're, yeah. you're thinking, "Oh, I mustn't, I mustn't click, I mustn't click." But at the same time, she's really hot. I like her hair. She's been chatting to me for a while. She speaks but lovely our Hebrew. File? I and mean, so, well, it's just a compression. <laughs> what is this? It's like nineteen? Like, yeah, it's like nineteen ninety six. What is this? She going to send over a real player? I mean, wh- what? <laughs> Real player. Oh, do you remember how painful that was? Meet you on Yahoo. (laughs) Maybe the ICQ. And the thing is, if you can't resist, your finger gets twitchy, and eventually you think, oh, sorry, I'll just do it. I'll just risk it this once. There's free porn on the internet, guys. Yes, but you don't need to open a RAR file. Not of the woman who actually appears to like you. That's the difference, isn't it? This is a woman who you've been chatting to for a while and appears to be real and appears to like you. Well, and so why you kind would of- you say, look, rather than doing all this dirty, dirty stuff online, why don't we just meet up in a coffee shop? Look, you're talking to two people that run Sticky Pickles. We <laughs> are experts in this kind of stuff. I feel like this should be our episode for tomorrow. <laughs> this girl keeps sending me all these videos of herself, but they're in like 1996 file formats. What do I do? When the malware... <laughs> Gets installed on their computers. E donkey. It of yeah. course steals lots of data, PDFs, office files, image files, videos, images. It can even scoop up. So if you have a, again, this is another throwback. I don't know if you have a CD-ROM drive. <laughs> if you have, if, if you have an attached CD-ROM drive. Attached CD-ROM. Oh my god. The the malware can scoop up the contents out because apparently. These people it's targeting may be exchanging information on CD-ROM because it's safer than email or electronically. Okay, so okay. You see? And so that's a way to get hold of the really juicy stuff from your target. <laughs> oh my. Graham, is that why you gave me a Billy Idol best hits ever <laughs> CD for my birthday? It's actually loaded up. I don't have a CD player, so it's still sitting oh. wherever. Oh, 
It is. I'll return it to you. Oh, no, I'll see if I can get you a CD player on eBay. If it's less than ten pounds, that can be yours for your birthday. And do you plug that into your cell phone? Like what? How does? <laughs> no, this is on your. Com- <sighs> Have you been I'm listening? I'm just being obtuse. Yes. I'm just being obtuse. Anyway, I'm looking at my CD player right now. So. Well done for Cyber Reason for taking apart this malware, finding out about these naughty girls. If they are girls, no, they're not. They're profiles. They're profiles. Stop being so sexist. I'm not being sexist. Well, I've, naughty girls. You're just being kind well, of a perv. Well, no, I'm... Perv. 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 Pulchritudinous. I haven't looked it up yet. Maria, what's your story for us this week? So, in the States, if you are in law enforcement and you want to get your hands on somebody's private information... Mm-hmm. Usually, you have to go through the courts. Yeah. that's. Yeah. I think that's kind of a universal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, when the cops or the feds go to the court, they have to make a case in front of a judge for a warrant or search warrant or something like that. And the judge has to sign off on it. That's the proper way for this kind of thing to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, law enforcement might go to a service provider with um, a warrant and say, we want to make a bulk request of a whole bunch of customer data. So we're not going after like one person. We want to go after everybody who is in a certain location at a certain time or everybody who has searched for a certain keyword or phrase within a certain time and like hoover everybody's information up. And like that's one way that your information could get taken without really being under our court notice right yeah yeah um but there are also ways for law enforcement to get their hands on your info without going through the courts at all so (laughs) even even worse than these two methods right so there's this little thing that i have recently learned about called an emergency data request or edr have you heard of this emergency data requests edr it's as if someone's in danger isn't it yeah law enforcement basically goes this is a matter of urgent life or death Mm. we need somebody's home address phone number known ip addresses and like forget all the paperwork someone's life is in danger right now yeah yeah pdq pdq yeah yeah. yep so uh the cops or the feds all they have to do to submit an edr to like an isp or phone provider is submit their request from an official email address, like they're like at lawenforcement.gov or whatever. Hmm. Uh, and, and maybe attach like a little PDF affidavit that says, yes, this is a totally legitimate real request. <laughs> and that request goes to a uh, special department or like a person usually at the company in question. And that person knows that their job is to answer these requests like as fast as possible. Oh my God. Okay. They better not have automated this. <laughs> So if you were the company in question receiving requests like this, like you're basically being told if you don't hand over this customer data basically immediately, someone's going to die. Someone's going to die, like literally life or death. Yeah. So generally, they usually hand it right over because there's there's like no time to check this. How would Mm -hmm. you check? Like you can't call them up and be like, "Excuse me, like is this a real request?" Like you can't. You have to. (laughs) You're presuming that the the cops are standing outside somebody's door or something right now, like just waiting for the information they need. So I know it's really shocking to hear this, but some folks with less than great intentions have figured out that if they have or gain or, you know, steal access to a legitimate looking U.S. law enforcement email, they basically have an easy button way to get information on someone that they're trying to bully or harass or even stalk. Oh, my goodness. So 
There are tens of thousands of individual police departments all over the US. Uh, we're, we're not centralized. We don't have like one main centralized thing. So you don't need to hack the FBI to get a law enforcement email that's legit. You just need to ca- like get into the county sheriff or something. And not surprisingly, mm. compromised law enforcement accounts, US law enforcement accounts frequently appear for sale on the dark web. So you don't even need skills to get such an email. Okay, I, th- I think, yeah, I think I just need to understand exactly how it's working because I'm not okay. getting it. Because I'm a bit slow <laughs> today, I guess. Today. Okay. Person with official looking email sends email to an inbox at a company saying, I need this customer's data right now, right now, right now, right now. And the company goes, okay. Yeah. This is looking like it's coming from police department, blah, blah. Yeah. And they go, yeah. okay, here it is. Yeah. That, here that, it is. Yeah. It's it's that easy. <laughs> right. Okay. Gotcha. It's, it's really not any more complicated than that. So um, do you want to guess how much uh, a law enforcement email account goes for on the dark web in US dollars? I have no idea what the crypto account, <laughs> the crypto amount would be. But <laughs> I'm going to say 10K. 10K. Graham, Graham what about you? I'm going to say $10. <laughs> it's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Although closer to your guess, Graham, it's 150 bucks. One, mm, five, zero. So not much. Not much. So um, one hacker posted a law enforcement email for sale on the dark web with this little message. You can breach users and get private images from people on Snapchat like nudes. Go hack your girlfriend or something. haha. You won't get the login for the account, but you'll basically obtain everything in the account if you play your cards right. I am not legally responsible if you mishandle this. This is very illegal and you will get raided if you don't use a VPN. You can also breach into the government systems for this. Find lots of more private data and sell it for way, way more. Whoa. This is bad. So hang on. So I could pretend to be a policeman. I mm-hmm. could contact Snapchat and say, uh, it's a matter of life and death. I need to see this person's nudes. What would be the, what, what would be the justice? <laughs> no, I think you'd get, I think you'd get all of it. I you you would, you would probably get like the, like their, 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 all their PII and then enough information that you could then log into their account and, and or oh, okay. all their data, like all of their data, probably. Right. So companies have been a little bit mum on exactly how much data they've handed over, but Yes, a number of big tech firms have fallen for this. In the last few weeks, we found out that the chat giant Discord uh, Mm. did hand over information about an 18-year-old user from Indiana. (gasps) Yep. And then Bloomberg just reported a few days afterwards that both Apple and Meta, haha, I made this into a Facebook story, (laughs) have fallen (laughs) for this as well. So they won't say how many times, they won't say what they've handed over, who was affected, but basically Bloomberg says that, yes, they've fallen for this. The thing is, is the company that is getting this request is basically faultless because they're like, look, someone presented a valid EDR, what am I supposed to do? Like there's thousands and thousands and thousands of agencies that, you know, could get EDRs. Yeah. Yep. How Uh, the hell do I know? Like there's no, you know. I think we need to get the blockchain involved. That would fix this problem. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe if you could verify everything on the blockchain. Blockchain, blockchain. Graham, do you need some water or something? Pulchritudinous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so weird today. I had water last week. We know what happened. <laughs> yeah, so, but this is a problem, Maria. How's this going to get fixed? Because obviously the people receiving these requests want to do the right thing. And yes. they want to help the authorities. How are they going to verify that a request is genuine or not? In a Good timely question. fashion. I think watch, watch this space because um, this is basically like swatting on steroids. Mm. Uh, it's it's not great, and um, they're the only way to, if, as a user, to protect yourself from this is to not use services that ask for your PII, <laughs> which is like good luck. Um, yeah. <laughs> good luck getting a mortgage, yeah. insurance. So yeah, there's not much that you yeah. can do as a user aside from just don't exist. 
or don't exist on the internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not advise that people... Good caveat yeah. there, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't internet. actually advising all our listeners to kill themselves. <laughs> no, not usually, Just, anyway. I jumped uh, in, Graham. Yeah. I jumped Good. in. I well saved done. us. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Uh, but, uh, but what occurred to me is that we are definitely going to need a term for this, right? Because we have, mm. <laughs> we have things like fishing and whaling and smishing are all kind of ridiculous. So I don't know what we would call an attack like this when you impersonate a cop to use an EDR to get somebody's info. Ooh. Any thoughts what we should call something like this? I don't know. Why don't we stay simple? EDRing. <laughs> EDRing. Uh, it's not very catchy. No. All right, well, I'll, I'll leave it to fishing. you then, Graham. <laughs> You're so good at this. <laughs> yes, Graham. What do you think we should call it? Hulkertudinous? A wise one. A wise one. <laughs> apparently, apparently, Graham's neighbor's kids call him King Graham the Great. Oh, I'm sure that won't go straight to your head. <laughs> yeah. Well, I told them to. Ah. Uh, <laughs> and they do. I also insist on no eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them under control. <laughs> Carol, what have you got for us this week? Well, Maria, we are in sync. Mine also has cops and moiders. 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 Yeah. Okay. And are any of you guys like crime junkies, like podcasts, documentaries, TV series, that kind of thing? Crime nah, cop shows? Not really. No. Sometimes a little bit, you yeah. know, Midsummer Murders, that kind yeah. of thing. Forensic you know, Files, like clearly. Yeah. Forensic Files. Right? Is very good. That yes. was pretty yes. good. Okay. Yes. So, because I, I have a quiz. I'll be so out of my element. Okay. Yeah. You're going to yeah. play blind. And Graham, you have a little bit of knowledge in this area. Okay. Okay. So, Thank you. between. 2019 and 2020, the U.S. murder rate went A, up, B, down, or C, stayed the same. 2019 to 2020. Yep. During the pandemic? Yep. Um, I would think it went up because all those people staying at home and getting fed up with their partners. I think it dropped. Interesting. It rose Mm. massively. The largest largest single year increase in more than a century, up 30%. Wow. Good thing I stayed at home. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and they like you there. (laughs) (laughs) Now, question two, what percentage do you guys think of murders get solved? So a quarter, half, three quarters, or almost all? I would say almost all. You would say almost no, all? Okay. I yes. was thinking less than half, like a quarter. So, yeah, no, it would decline from 61% of murders that were solved in 2019 to 54%. So just over half are solved. And the thing is, it's hard to commit a physical crime, like a murder, without leaving DNA behind. Mm-hmm. Right? It's pretty hard to do anything physically without shedding a bit of DNA about the place, like some kind of gross head. <laughs> and, we, and we know that DNA is a great tool to help nail, you know, a perp. Do you know what year DNA was first used in a criminal case? You want to take a bet on that? I guess on that one. Was it 1472? <laughs> yes, correct, Graham. No, 1986 was when a first ah, case was. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it helps place suspects at a crime scene. It also enables forensic genealogists to solve cases that went cold decades ago. Mm. So we have the technology to extract DNA evidence. So why are there so many unsolved crimes? More than half go unsolved. Mm-hmm. Why would that be? Well, the DNA testing labs are very busy. I would think. And there's probably a queue and it costs money. 
Yeah, yeah. And you've also got to pay people to scoop up the DNA. And it's like, oh, do we ever have to do this? And you, know? you have to be able to match it to the right person, right? Because you may have this DNA and go, we know everything about the DNA, but we don't have a match. And maybe the person who's murdered, no one really ever liked them anyway. You know, is it? All- that was more of my thoughts. <laughs> like, oh, they're dead, whatever. Yeah, exactly. They're not complaining. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> another reason on this uh, is uh, the DNA testing bee moths like Ancestry and 23andMe have largely resisted cops accessing their database. So they've <gasps> they've joined together and kind of said, no, no. Are they behind the murders? <laughs> Are they behind the murders? Is, is that why they're holding on to all that DNA information? We don't want it leaking out and people finding out we were responsible. <laughs> <laughs> so you might remember the Golden State Killer. So this is someone who's, you know, committed 13 murders and like dozens and dozens of rapes in California. The cold case went unsolved for decades. They had no idea who the perp was. Until the FBI decided in 2018 to use DNA evidence from a sexual assault to build out the perp's likely family tree, known as forensic genetic genealogy. And they uploaded it to this site called gedmatch.com. This is a free site for all to find like biological relatives or to construct elaborate family trees. And the idea was for the cops to comb through the consumer genetic databases to find the man's relatives, however distant, to try and triangulate his identity. And within five minutes of seeing the results, they apparently located a close relative amongst the million or so profiles in the database. And within two hours, they had a suspect who was soon arrested, a 72-year-old former cop. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you have this mountain of, of unsolved murders. You have little resources. You don't have any money to pay for them. They cost about five grand a pop to get the DNA tested to do that. Cop shops all around the country are picking and choosing which cases they're going to invest in, right? This is one we can probably, you know, solve. This one we will put on the shelf. And there's loads and loads of untested DNA stuff. Mm-hmm. So what do you do now? To steal a catchphrase from Sticky Pickles, <laughs> right? What do you do now? You've got the tech and you've got the will, but you just don't have the resources or the money. What you do is you say hello to what the New York Times are calling criminal philanthropists. Uh-uh. Amateur detectives donating their mm-hmm. time to sort through the search results, plus financial backers that are literally throwing money at the problem to pay the labs to process the DNA information. Because they are saying, we've got it. We just need the money to process it. Okay. I would right. invite you guys to go visit this website, dnasolves.com. DNA solves? Yeah, dnasolves.com. Okay. And okay. on the homepage, you'll see featured cases, right? And you'll see, they'll give you like highlights of a case that they're trying to solve. This will often be an old case, a cold case. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, we need 5,000 in order to process this data. And then we'll like submit it, right? So that cops will have more information in order to- worse than I thought. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you can go through this and you can kind of go, oh, I really want to help like- a particular type of person. So you might just go and fund specific cases. This is GoFundMe hmm. for law for for justice. Oh come on, this is heartbreaking. Is it Maria? Is it? Is it? I I hate that it exists. 
I understand yeah. that. No, it's not bad. I hate that it exists, but there should be another way. Yeah, is what you're yes. saying. Because yeah, if, if it yeah. if it didn't exist at the moment, the argument would be, well, the cases will just sit and gather dust yes. until we have enough money and resources to do it, which will be mm-hmm. on Saint Never's Day. So yeah. Exactly. And there's all kinds of like groups sprouting up all over the place. There's this company called Authram, which is a purpose built police DNA resource, right? It's receiving money from philanthropic donors all over the place. You have nonprofits called Season of Justice, which raised like 250K through some crowdfunding and so far has made grants towards 53 unsolved murders. You got DNA detectives on Facebook, um, helping strangers find unknown parents. So, It's kind of complicated, right? Because it's kind of like the public is throwing their time and cash at a problem. And you've got all these like groups and nonprofits and organizations popping up to assist as a middle person. What issues are there? So many. Go for it. Go nuts. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking at that big contribute DNA button and I'm, because they want your DNA in order to say the more DNA we have, the more that we can, you know, sort against it and find the real perps. We need lots of DNA to do that. So contribute it, give it away. Okay, I, ha- I have not murdered anybody though. So as far as I mm-hmm. know, anyway. So I mean, if they're looking for say murderers, how does having my non-murderer DNA help them? I don't quite understand. Because you might have a relative. Mm-hmm. Is that isn't that the reason? It might be Uncle Bob, right? Yeah, Uncle Bob is a bit shifty. So, yeah. So basically sort of accidentally snitch on a relative, you know, if they murdered somebody. Well, know. without snitching. And in fact, if your brother or sister, for example, did it, yeah, then there'd be information on you, right? Even though you didn't decide to partake because you shared okay, DNA. Let, let's, let's go out on a not so long limb here. Nobody in my family has murdered anybody. <laughs> so so seriously good to know yeah so i mean i'm not i'm like why would i i still don't understand why i would but what if there was a cold case from like 200 years ago okay or maybe 25 (laughs) years ago Um, and you know it was a distant cousin i don't really like the idea of people having my dna data why because they might get hacked well i I know that some of these websites have been hacked in the past and Mm -hmm. dna data has been stolen but other than that also, you don't know how it might be misused in the future. If some evil regime comes into play, um, governing our countries in the far-flung future, and they may decide, oh, well, we we don't really want podcasters anymore. Can we round up anyone who's podcasted in the past or have genetic uh, similarity to podcasting? And, and, and there's not much regulation out there for this either, right? So there's companies snapping up these companies. Yeah. Like 23andMe, I think, has just been bought. Ancestry has also just been bought. There's lots of money going around in this area, and they're being bought by people that, you know, want to make a buck. You know, it's going to take ages for regulation to catch up. So there's this little Wild West thing happening. It's all these margins, gray area stuff. I get the need for the financial contributions as much as i'm just like i hate that that's necessary but i i get it like it sucks but i get it but the i i just why do you need my dna for that to your point though maria that you made earlier yeah. saying i don't really like this there seems and i know nothing of dna evidence really right but i did see a number of reports and papers that were saying look there is nuance to interpreting dna so there is suggestion that there can be you know bias based on race or based on anything that that adds a little you know, cloud to the. So Uncle Bob maybe not be dodgy after all. 
<laughs> well, exactly. And then you've put them in the clink just by, you know, swabbing your mouth and slapping it across. Yeah, Maria. <laughs> so I don't think you should do it. Okay. Wasn't wasn't planning on it, but I just, it raises more questions than it answers, you know. And you know, you're not alone mm. because people are sitting on the fence when it comes to DNA evidence being used. So in a Pew survey of more than 4,000 U.S. adults, 48% they were said they were okay with DNA testing companies sharing customers' genetic data with police. A third mm. said no way. And 18 were like, don't know. So a lot of people sitting on the fence. It seems to that be a prime place to scoop up some DNA then. <laughs> it doesn't. Okay. Just something to think about, folks. I'm already, I, I'm I'm still sore that I did an ancestry thing years and years ago with my parents, and it's like, oh, uh, well, yeah. This is this one. It was mm-hmm. new. My mom was very into it, and so it's like, yep. Now that's that's out there. So I I got burned by that, and uh, now it's like, all right, <laughs> I, I be real careful with this stuff. Yeah. Well, you could now go to you know you could go to a website and go see if you have long lost relatives. Gedmatch.com. Yeah, I think they've been hacked in the past. <laughs> there you go. Fun times. <laughs> Collide sends employees important, timely, and relevant security recommendations for their Linux, Mac, and Windows devices right inside Slack. Collide is perfect for organizations that care deeply about compliance and security, but don't want to get there by locking down devices to the point where they become unusable. So instead of frustrating your employees, Collide educates them about security and device management while directing them to fix important problems. Sign up today by visiting smashingsecurity.com slash collide. That's smashingsecurity.com slash K-O-L-I-D-E. Enter your email when prompted and you will receive a free Collide goodie bag after your trial activates. You can try Collide with all of its features on an unlimited number of devices for free for 14 days, no credit card required. Try it out at smashingsecurity.com slash collide. That's smashingsecurity.com slash K-O-L-I-D-E. And thanks to Collide for supporting the show. So imagine this scenario. You're out of the office unexpectedly and a colleague pings you because they need access to some system you have credentials for. Now, listeners would never send passwords over email or Slack, but what about your co-workers? How many organisations out there are sending logins back and forth in plain text? Worse yet, how many just store all of their logins on a shared spreadsheet? We all know that human errors are the biggest threat to your organization's security, but did you know that weak or stolen passwords account for over 80% of all data breaches? There are tools out there that allow you to share credentials, set access permissions, and monitor the dark web for stolen logins. Keeper Securities Enterprise Password Management Platform does just that. Keeper locks down logins, payment cards, confidential documents, API keys, and database passwords in a patented zero-knowledge encrypted vault, and it takes less than an hour to deploy across your organization. Sign up for a Keeper free trial for your organization today and get a free three-year personal plan. So get started by visiting smashingsecurity.com slash keepersecurity. That's smashingsecurity.com slash keepersecurity. And welcome back. And you join us on our favorite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. <laughs> 
of the week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. It doesn't have to be security-related, necessarily. Better not be. Well, my pick of the week this week is not security-related. Um, I have sometimes been uh, called into question on this podcast regarding my pronunciation of certain words. Never. Uh, Never. Yes, I'm afraid so. I, I still haven't quite got over the seizure um, <laughs> discussion, and uh, there've been a <laughs> there've been a few others over time. Now, um, I found a YouTube channel earlier today by a French chap, a winemaker. He says he's trained in Bordeaux or Bordeaux, um, no! based in France. <laughs> Don't. No, no, he's absolutely right. Uh, Bordeaux. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Julien Miquel. Okay. And uh, you know that champagne, Moet and Chandon? Champagne. Moet and Chandon? Yeah. Yeah, Champagne. You know that, Crow? Yes. <laughs> no, you don't, actually, because did you know it is not pronounced Moet? <laughs> Even though it looks like because it's French, you don't pronounce the final T. No, Moet. Yeah. No, no, no. No, 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 Moselle. <laughs> yeah. It is actually Moet because it's someone's name. And I think the chap was from Belgium. Or something. So it's actually Moet et Chandon. There you if go. You're really poncy, then you know. This is just one of the fascinating facts which I found on this chap's YouTube channel where he's made lots of videos explaining the pronunciation of words. And I quite like his voice. Does he have a very strong French accent? He has a slight French accent. So his whole channel uh, is about how he pronounces words? Well, no, there's a lot about wine and that sort of guff as well, and I don't care about that. But it, it appears to me that his more popular videos are about how to pronounce words like Wednesday. How do you pronounce when Wednesday? Let's listen to him explaining Wednesday right now. Okay. We are looking at how to pronounce this word, <laughs> as well as how to say the name of all seven days in a week. How do you go about pronouncing this one? Wednesday. Wednesday. You could simply, <laughs> as you can see on your screen, spell it as W E N Z day and then day. Wednesday. It's actually very easy. Watch everything know. on the internet. Wednesday. Gorgeous. He has a little charm about him. I think. He yeah. Interesting. And it's a useful site because if you are like us broadcasters, you want to be able to pronounce words correctly. And so you go to a Frenchman who will give you the advice. And that is why Julien Miguel's YouTube channel is my pick of the week. Fascinating. Wow. <laughs> Words fail you. Yeah. You when... sound somewhat underwhelmed, Maria. Uh, I'm just, there's everything on the internet. <laughs> just... There's so much. Let's, yeah. No, let, let's hope my response to your pick of the week is... A bit more positive than yours was I, to mine. So what I have you got for so. us, Maria? I would hope so. It's an appeal for money. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with that. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a really great way to start on that. I'm doing in early August a 200-mile bike ride. Uh, You're insane. <laughs> uh, across two days. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, across two days. So August 6th and 7th, I'm doing what's called the Pan Mass Challenge. And it rate one hundred percent. Everything that's donated it goes towards cancer research at the Dana Farber Cancer Institute, uh, and they do a lot of um, they do a lot of cancer research, especially for children's cancers. Um, so basically, I'm raising money for a cancer fundraiser, a cancer research fundraiser. I'm very child cancer. Ch 
not just child cancer, but like a lot of a lot of child cancers. You, like, you had to play the cancer card though to get. <laughs> so now I feel like I get in my build up to your pick of the week. I've already decided that Smashing Security is going to give her one hundred dollars. Awesome! Yeah, yep. that would be amazing. Thank you, because I have to raise six thousand dollars. All right, listeners, you've heard Maria. It's time yep. to. Crack open those wallets if you can. If, you if can. not, you can just send Maria a good luck. Yes, you can follow me on Strava or whatever. Cheer me on as I'm training for this. That would be amazing. But how do we donate money, Maria, to this cause? Okay. So I, I definitely I'll give you the the link to my PMC profile uh, where you can donate. But if you're listening or and just need to write down the link, bit.ly slash Maria PMC, and it's all lowercase because it is case sensitive. So bit.ly slash Maria PMC will take you to my uh, my fundraiser page. And you can see on there uh, the, the scant amount of money that I've raised so far, uh, as well as the log of all the training rides that I've done. I just did a 50-mile ride on Saturday. You're incredible. 50 miles? I don't even think Graham's electric car can drive that far. <laughs> <laughs> I also have an electric car, but it can definitely go more than 50 miles. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can see the log of all my training rides. And uh, I'm working my way up to doing, you know, 100 in a day and then about 80 the next day. So, um, Okay, people have got to go to this bit.ly slash Maria PMC. Yeah, all lowercase on the Maria All lowercase. All lowercase. Um, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, matters, so but yeah, there you go. For, if you work for a company that does corporate match. Uh, you can you can please do that too because uh, you you've got plenty of time to do that and because uh, my ride's in early August 2022 so um, I would love your support <laughs> I'm very bad at fundraising but I really want to raise money for this great cause <laughs> you're an inspiration Maria 50 miles at the weekend 200 miles in September you're my inspiration in August in August in August in August yeah <laughs> yeah sorry he did he, he fell asleep that's okay yeah. all right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. The thing is, if I did the ride in August, I'd probably finish in September. That's the thing. I, so, <laughs> uh, honestly, that's what my worry is that I that will also be my situation. That's why I'm training so hard because I know I'm going to be one of the very, very last people to roll through the finish line because I'm very short. <laughs> so, and I'm not that strong or faster rider, but I'm training hard, so I, I'm not taking like 15 hours to complete. Maria, are you allowed to use an e-bike? Or does it have to be a real bike? Uh, no, I think that goes against the spirit of the whole thing. Oh, okay. So that would I be- won't tell. <laughs> you are going to be knackered and your yes. <laughs> legs and your your poor bottom. What kind of saddle do you have? <laughs> I have a Terry saddle, which makes amazing saddles specifically for women's anatomy, if you, if you want to know. <laughs> okay. I will happily answer any cyclist nerd questions on Twitter. Like I love this stuff. So if anyone asks, wants to ask me about my gorgeous Bianchi, uh, <laughs> I'll gladly talk about it <laughs> and not bore everybody else. All right. The words we're learning this week: beard, Bianchi, 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 like Bianchi Jagger. It's a type of bike, Grim. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Carol, what's your pick of the week? Um, well, I went for a Netflix movie. Well. It should have been a series, but it's a beautiful stop motion mm. animation comedy horror drama for adults. And it's called. Ooh. Okay. What's it called? It's called The House. <laughs> Obviously, made a big impression. No, no, on I you. suddenly thought it was called Home, but it's called The House. It came out in January. Okay. Is, 
Did you see it, Maria? I saw the preview for it and um, I, I wanted to watch it. And I think I just was not in a good place for that at the time. <laughs> so worth watching though. It's so good. So it features the voices of Mia Goth, Jarvis Cocker, Susan Wakoma, Helen Bottom Carter, filmed in the UK. And it basically has three different stories all set in the same house. So the first story has like a father, Raymond, a mother, daughters, Mabel and Isabel, and they, they're pretty poor. And yes. the dad, Raymond, is drunk and irritated and feels like a failure. He was just visited by wealthy, stuck up relatives, and he just feels like a bit of a loser. And whilst he's walking around grumbling, grumbling, he encounters a mysterious architect called Mr. Van Schoenbeek. And, uh, and he meets him in the forest one night and he accepts Mr. Van Schoonspeak's offer to move into a new luxurious house built for them at no charge. And then things start getting super peculiar. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, it's really refreshing. Just look and feel and stop motion, right? It's mm. just a beautiful way to communicate stuff. And like lots of work, right? Each of the segments apparently required more than 20 weeks to produce. So if this sounds cool and or you've heard of it and you were kind of hemming and hawing, I say check it out. It's called The House on Netflix. That's my pick of the week. And is it just for adults or would it be appropriate for younger people as well? No, not young no. people. No, but maybe tweenies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's going to be an age limit. Look at the age limit. Okay. Judge for yourself. I'm not taking that on. Yeah. I'll have to give it another shot because I tried watching it. Uh, I just, it was early January. So I was like, this is a little too dark for me. It is January, dark. But it is dark. Yeah. And it is like horror-y, but it's also got some really cute bits. And Jarvis Cocker has a great voice and he has a great character yeah. and attitude. So I love the animation style. Me too. I thought it was just incredible. Yeah. So I need to give it another shot. All right. Hmm. I will do that. There you go. Super duper. Well, I think we've just about wrapped it up for this week. Maria, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online. What's the best way for folks to do that? Bit.ly slash Maria PMC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or at M. Varmazis on Twitter. You can talk to me there too. <laughs> and you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G. Twitter and Nast have a G. And we also have a Smash Insecurity subreddit. And don't forget to ensure you never miss another episode follow Smashing Security in your favourite podcast app. And maybe if you really like the show, you could tell someone about it or leave us a review. And huge thank you to this episode's sponsors, Collide, Keeper Security, and to our wonderful Patreon community. It's thanks to them all that this show is free. For episode show notes, sponsorship info, guest list, and the entire back catalogue of more than 269 episodes, check out smashingsecurity.com. Until next time, cheerio, bye-bye. Bye! Bye. And I just remembered something. <laughs> we didn't do, I didn't plug the thing where I said I'd wear a company's logo on my back if they gave me enough money. <laughs> so come on, Elon Musk. Come on, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Come on, Church of Scientology. Any of you want to spot? She doesn't I care. Mean, some some discretion will be used, but you know we we can we can have that conversation. Let's put it that way. <laughs>